Welcome to the Fitfiliate Podcast, hosted by Tony Ronke and Lisa Hetherington, where we talk about behaviours and behaviour-based conversations as they apply to affiliate owners and coaches. Always fashionably late. And welcome to another episode of the Fitfiliate Podcast, joined by my ever fashionably late co-host, Mr. Tony. And Emphasis on fashion on that, just so we're clear on that. I thought I'd give you a compliment today. I thought I'd throw you a little bit of something, something. Um, and But we are very excited to host the one and only Nicole Christensen today for a chat, one of the most OG of the OGs, owner of CrossFit Roots and all things professional coaching. And I guess if you've been in the CrossFit space for more than two minutes, you should have heard standard is a standard. You'll know where it's, <laughs> it's very much one of your key mantras. I think I've heard it on every podcast I've heard you speak on. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know it was going to become such a, a thing. <laughs> it's That's a, how those things usually cool. end up happening, right? You just say something, you're like, right. didn't realize that was going to grow so many wings, yeah. but here we are. I'm just on the back of this thing for forever. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought it was a great chance to have you on, Nicole, talk all things affiliate life, coaching life, um, CrossFit roots, all the all the good things. And I know that you and Tony have quite a few adventures and stories that no doubt we'll touch on over time. And <laughs> He's been around, you know, since Jesus wore short pants, so I'm sure. Whoa, that makes me seem even way older. Is that enough I have gray in my beard now and then you're calling me late and now you're calling me old too? Uh, I'm on, this is our first call together this week, so I'm getting This is actually getting a getting podcast takeover where we're just yeah. going to beat you up for 45 minutes, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I guess I'm, my time here has been rendered obsolete. Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, obviously, I'm glad that you're here, Nicole. Sorry, I was late to the podcast. Um, I'm just always late. To the I've podcast. been late too before. It's. Um, I, I think I've probably said this before, but we had like EC on. We had some other people, but generally speaking, I would say that when we decided to come up with this idea for the podcast, there was a handful of key guests who I was like, perfect person I want to put on the podcast. You are definitely one of those avatars. So I'm really glad that you're here and you're like, what on earth are you going to ask me on this podcast? True to form, Nicole has no idea what we're going to even talk about because um, I don't even know if Nicole even knows this, but Nicole, fun fact, Lisa basically ambushes me every single week on this podcast. I have no idea what we're ever going to talk about. I show up and she's like, today I thought we would talk about, and I'm like, Great. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. And I can't say no. That's so cool. we've, we've stuck with the format and it's the same thing is going to happen with you here. So surprise, you get the Australian co-host. Yeah. I love Australia. Yeah. We've already uh, talked about our shared local, local places. So it's good. And Nicole hasn't made fun of my accent that you normally do. So hey, she's already. I, well, she's got a lot of time with Matt. So they both have like the same yeah. sort of conversation and time mm-hmm. zones. But there's a lot of things that I think we could talk about, and there's a lot of things I do want to talk about. But I think the most pressing thing here, maybe, um, I guess, as a backstory, as I'm not sure how much, if any, you've actually listened to the podcast. But generally, the point of the podcast is to talk about me dropping things, um, is to talk about behaviors and behavioral based conversations for affiliate owners, right? And so the reason I bring that up on this call is that in that framework, there's probably few people who are as uniquely incapable to talk about that as you are. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why you were always like an ideal guest to bring on here. As somebody who myself personally was able to spend time at Roots and hang out there as a welcome guest and got to come eat dinner with the family. Um, I can say that with certainty, obviously, 
much respected in the community as well. Like you guys definitely do things very differently, but I think a lot of that has to do with the way that both you and Eric really approach that business, right? Cause like, I think that you guys very, very much so, um, see your affiliate very different than most other affiliates do. And now as the person who has taken into that role, I think it'll be fun for you to, or for us to unpack that a little bit together and really kind of how you guys yeah. have been that way. Um, really what makes roots tick. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure I'll learn something along the way that I didn't realize we did. <laughs> oh, no. well, yeah. I mean, so let's start with the first, I haven't been to the new gym. How is the new gym, by the way? Um, it's, awesome given the circumstances of why we moved and sure. i would be lying if i don't see it as a placeholder in roots's uh trajectory okay i like that so like that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's, um, it's good it's good i get to see it in a few weeks so that's a good thing because i'll be there for a whole week and like whatever yeah. time flies now so I've gotten these dates wrong internally a bunch of times. So anybody's listening to this, it's actually a client's going to be like, yeah, what is the actual date? I'm like, You're like, ah, I'm not really sure. I'll get there yeah. when I get there. Um, so anyway, as it applies to, I guess if you would, you are an OG person. So one of the things that's fun about this podcast is that I also am a dinosaur in the CrossFit world. So maybe people who don't know you besides who you are now, Tell everybody the story about how you got started in CrossFit. Oh, man. Jeez, uh, we well, I'd really have to look back through the archives. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's been so long. Uh, well, I, it was sort of like three things converged. Um, there was a, I was working with a personal trainer. Like you signed up at Gold's Gym and you got like three personal training sessions. And his name was Rudy Nielsen, if that name rings a bell to anybody. Um, mm -hmm. And he, I was leaving for grad school and he was like, oh, you should check out this thing called CrossFit when you get up there. And I was in Philadelphia, which coincidentally is funny because if you've ever read the book, um, Learning to Breathe Fire, um, Jerry Hill was like under the underpasses in Philadelphia doing CrossFit with tires and, yeah. you know, logs and things like that at the same time. But I never yeah. unfortunately crossed paths with him until later. Um, but uh, didn't really do anything. And then when I moved back to Boulder after grad school, um, my coworker, now husband, and I uh, were, I was kind of checking out the website one day and he was like, oh yeah, I've done some CrossFit before. And my brother was in the Marine Corps with Tosh, um, with mm -hmm. Brian Shantosh. And so I'd kind of been hearing, hearing rumblings about it that way. So it's kind of like, you know, okay, I'll go give it a try. And we went to... Boulder CrossFit, which at the time was in a church basketball court in downtown Boulder. Um, and there was only one class a day. It was at 5 p.m. And we went and that was pretty much it. I was hooked. I was Love done. Um, yeah, we actually, we did two workouts and then we, we traveled back to D.C. for a work trip. And we, I was like, well, we got to do CrossFit one <laughs> <laughs> we for three days, and so we found CrossFit Old Town, and it was Jerry Hill's place when he was in the jujitsu studio. And I met Chris and Andrea, who owned Trident CrossFit. Yeah, I just felt like, yeah, it was really. I think back to kind of all the chain events and things that happened, but yeah, from then on, it was all in five days a week, basically. 
I think that's one of the reasons I love asking like all the OG and now OG is a cool term, right? So like all the OGs in CrossFit right. because like all of us have this weird serendipitous series of fort like fortunate events where it was like this thing led to this thing when the like this chance encounter with this person and like it was all these things. And one of the things that I am very sad and nostalgic about is just how cool it really was way back then. But I think that a lot of that is still alive now. And I think that's one of the things that we can talk about in this podcast is that. Yeah, for sure. When we were back then and it was just the forum and it was like, what the hell is a kettlebell and how can I make something even look like a kettlebell, right? Or like, where do I even find a medicine ball, let alone, you know, right. where am I going to throw it high enough and not get kicked out of a gym? And there was, there was something about that sort of divorced community that we all were, where like we all converged every single night into the comment section or into that forum. And, you know, it's, you know moving forward, what I think is I'm nostalgic because I'm like, man, all those old days what a great time. It was so cool. Like there's so many stories and like, I have so many great friends like you guys and everybody else that I'd met through that time. Cause I think there was just like a weird bond, but now it's expanded to the point where that stuff still exists, but it just exists in so many more micro conversations. It's, it's fascinating to talk to like newer people who are just as involved and just as invested. And I think it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see like how we've actually kept that intact throughout, despite the fact that there's so many more moving parts of this thing now. Yeah, and I think that's probably one thing at Roots that I've always felt um, really strongly about, even if I didn't really know, is is keeping some connection to the past, mm -hmm. and so uh, of where we came from and why we why we started this, and even you know uh, just little things, you know, when the gym, our very first gym, which was I don't know eight hundred square feet uh, yeah. to start, once we moved out of the garage. The garage is only 150 square feet. Uh, we we did a we the gym needed to be painted, and all of our members like came out on a Friday and we painted the gym. And now I would be, I and just as things have evolved, like I would be so embarrassed at this right. point to be like, hey, everybody, come help me paint the gym. However, <laughs> we had a really cool experience when we moved the gym. That whole experience was awful. It was we were strapped for time. We were screwed over. Uh, and we didn't have a ton of resources because it was the middle of the pandemic. Like we'd been shut down yeah. for almost a year. And so finances weren't like super yeah. awesome. And our entire gym community came out and literally moved a 10,000 square foot gym in, uh, it was like four hours. Yeah. It was four hours. I mean, it was insane. Trailers, trucks. It was like, <laughs> so all these vehicles converged and people were just, you know, lifting stuff into trucks and it happened. And I think that those experiences we can actually foster, I don't know if we, I don't know if I would use the word create, but foster them and know that they really do serve a purpose as mm -hmm. CrossFit evolves. Um, you know, the pictures that we have, we did this workout, we did move the gym for a time, which had always kind of been a fun, I don't know, thought in my yeah. head. Um, you know, I have these pictures of people walking down Pearl street in Boulder with a, with a air assault bike over their head <laughs> and like dragging three, four, I think I saw some of those pictures actually down the street. And, and you can't, you know, I had so many people that would text me and be like, I can't believe your members would do that. And I think that's, if you're, if you're all in on the idea and if your coaches are all in and they're like, yeah, this is just, this is what we're doing. It's only crazy. If you like kind of put it out there, like it's crazy, but if not, it's just like, yeah, this is a cool thing. And, and this is how we're going to support, you know, the bigger cause. And, and I, I guarantee that people will remember that for a decade. 
you know, sure. like painting the shop or yeah, any of the other random events that have happened that have sprung up that we kind of, you know, called on our community and, and we didn't even really have to call to be honest, people offered, um, right. they were just ready to help. So, yeah, I think for some of those experiences, you know, they will be for the people that were there, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and then some of the experiences will be just created along the way. And for that's sure. still, you know, still has that feeling for whether you've been doing CrossFit for a year or five years, you get a sense that it's just something's different. I feel like it's a benchmark workout in, in every single CrossFitters like, you know, catalog, right? Like somebody inevitably at some point in your history in CrossFit, you've moved to gym for time or at least been, oh, like yeah. if, you, if you've not moved a rubber floor mat um, ever, like yeah, a what are we mat, even doing? Right. I assure you, if you need a good workout, all you got to do is go into your gym, definitely ask the owner for advice, but go ahead and just grab that mat and move it around the gym a few times. You'll be like, no. And then realize that there's hundreds of them that are all meticulous. Well, you know, it's funny you said that. Yesterday, Eric and I moved, I don't know, I think he said 15,000, 15,000 pounds of floor mat yesterday into a storage unit. Um, so I have a very, very recent and real memory of that. And it's funny because our kids helped, and, you know, they're sitting there trying to, uh, the, the four by sixes were a little bit much them, but the two by twos, they could, they could move around. But, um, yeah, that, that that element of being an affiliate owner or uh and one of our long long time friends of course you know showed up to help and i was looking at thinking i was like i think scott's done this you know three different times in the history of roots for us so um yeah all those little things definitely add up and i think that's part of it you know there is that balance between being a small business owner and some of the stuff you're going to outsource but you know i would say for eric and i that's definitely something that I didn't know was going to work out as well as it did. But I mean, Eric, anything the gym has ever needed or, you know, organized or built or fixed or set up, whether it's on the tech side with the internet and the website or all the way through to, you know, hand building our boxes or perfectly sinking the rig into the floor so that it's even with the floor and not set on top of the mat, like all that yeah. stuff is just, you know, happens for sure I, I think we should petition for um stall mats being installed into the l1 or kernels because like <laughs> functionally there's no good way, yeah there's no good way to move them so somebody no. needs to talk about like the points of no. performance of moving these these mats around and there's and, no good way to cut them either like no, no. you know you have the two by four underneath and then you do the little blue line and you sit there with the razor blade over and over and over it's just it's not and no matter how much you try to avoid it, they are an inevitability in your journey. You will at some point yes. have to move one of those mats. Mm -hmm. I don't care what gym yeah. you work at or a part of, you are moving <laughs> those mats. And then the most overlooked part of the gym from the members, like they come in, that's the floor, they do burpees and stuff on it. It's yeah. not until, you know, they have to move somewhere. I remember when I, yeah, <laughs> and, and then they pick it up and it's like, oh, these are really heavy and awkward. Did you put all these in yourselves? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, dude, they just didn't. Yeah, and when I, when I first uh, bought my gym, we had a temporary shed. So we just finished laying the flooring, like, you uh -huh. know, hundreds of mats. And then five minutes before it was finished, the real estate rang and said, oh, no, you've been approved for the other shed. So it was like, okay, let's go oh. pick all those back up, put them back on the truck and let's move them again. It was like there were a lot of favors owed then. It was a really 
really mm. big workout that day. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And delightful. Uh-huh. All right, so let's move on from the rubber mats before we incite PTSD from every single one. Every single one. Everyone is like, I'm still in therapy for this. Are you kidding me? I don't want to talk about it. And then there's no way to get them to stay together. And then you got to get them locked in. And God forbid no. if they don't touch the wall. Anyway, um, so totally. those are the old days. Now are the new days. You obviously wear and have worn tons of hats throughout your time mm-hmm. in CrossFit. Um which yeah. is obviously a testament to, to both who you are and obviously the focus and your attention. One thing that I do think is worth mentioning too is that Eric is just not as many words as you are, but he definitely deserves. And I'm going to drag him on here someday. Somehow I'll get Eric to come on here and talk he did about his particular podcast. Movie. Did the other he? Day. I am yeah. pumped about that. That means I'm going to be a second. I, <laughs> uh, I figured I'd start with this half of the household first. I'll warm him up when I'm yeah, out there and be fine. like, you know, listen, I got this thing. You should do it. It's easy. You just got to talk a little bit and we'll facilitate it. Uh, anyway, so you've worn a lot of hats. I think the the hats that you wear now, in my opinion, I guess not so humbly, I think are the coolest hats that you wear. I think, you know, between like the L4 stuff coming back out and you know what you're doing with the affiliate stuff, I think is, is very cool. Um, really, generally speaking, what, what HQ's renewed vision and focus on perpetuating the affiliate model, I think is something that we're very excited about because it's, it's one of the things that I think we all agree that we need, right? And it's like, if, if yeah. the affiliates are the answer to the world's most vexing problem, no doubt about it, like something's going to have to be done there. And I'm glad that there's a renewed focus there. Yeah. So um, I guess we've talked about the beginning. So tell me a little bit about, I guess, what, what it's like now for Nicole with the new hats that you're wearing and what, what they, I mean, you're still at roots full time. I know that for the most part, but tell me a little bit about what your focus is these days in in the community and whatnot. Well, I mean, from a, from a roots perspective. um, Yeah. I mean, I'm there most every day. Um, I coach, it, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. I, I was coaching about 10 hours a week. Um, I've got a kind of a giant stint here with the level four and some stuff we're doing to get that off the ground. So I've backed off a little bit there. Um, but it's always that ebb and flow of like, you know, 10 hours. And then it gets, we kind of have this joke where it's like, you know, I'll be like, okay, we're in a good place. I'm going to like, I'll do this. And then all of a sudden, like a bunch of stuff gets dumped and it's like, oh, you got to reacclimate, you know, all the different things in your life. But Um, so coaching, uh, just general, you know, what, I don't know. I I think I'm kind of to the point. So now we have a general manager and, you know, she, I couldn't have asked to make that switch at a, like at a better time, I guess. I think, like you said, I, I've worn a lot of the hats. Like I've done everything ever. It's, you know, I've done the front desk. I've done the website. I've done the drop-in procedures. I've done the retail, you know, I've done it all. And I think some of it, I just, somebody else out there in the world could do it better than I did. And, um, a lot of it was set up, but it was just not as efficient as it could have been. Um, and then some of it was just like, Hey, we need to, we need to do this just better period. And so a lot of the stuff that I do now is not the day-to-day operations. It's more the, um, you know, big picture stuff of what do you want to do? Trying to figure out, are we going to move the gym? Um, that's always a big one that takes a lot more time than you would ever think. Um, and, and then coach development. So that I never, you know, that will never go away. Um, sure. So that's a big thing. I observe classes each week. I take class four to five days a week. Uh, and, and that's, that's kind of my, that's the thing that will, I will always keep 
you know, sure. in the affiliate, in my affiliate yeah. uh, piece. And then on the CrossFit side, yeah, my, my two main things for CrossFit HQ are the professional coach and then the level four. And so the level four, obviously, you know, it was a long time coming and uh, something that I'd always felt connected to. And I had also worked on since 2012 at various yeah. points where we had tried to get it back to life. And then about a year ago, the person that had been managing it was moved to a different you know, kind of took on a different role and I'd been working on it just kind of under him. And I was like, this is, this is like my dream to try to get this back out there for, for CrossFit and do that. So yeah, I feel pretty, I feel really fortunate right now. I feel like I don't, you know, I think a lot of times people are thinking like career aspirations and I, <laughs> if I just did this, yeah, I'd be really happy, you know, I, sure. I'd be really happy for a long time, um, forever. Uh, to to keep, um, you know, moving the level four forward, getting it into more countries and into more places um, and really helping coaches have something to aspire to so that the whole CrossFit coaching world can keep seeking out how to be better. Yeah. And pursuing something. Uh, and then I, you know, and then there's the family side. <laughs> and there's, then there's the other third. That can't be overlooked because like they're fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're going to be on their own episode without you and Eric on. And we're just going to put both both of them on here and the dog. So it'll be See, fine. That would um, be funny. That would be I, hilarious. It's funny it. what happens when your kids like grow up in an affiliate. Yeah. There's just some really funny things that, um, like cool things now that I'm a, you know, that they're nine and seven. I'm kind of like, oh, that was. That's cool. They have very strong personalities too, which I think, and 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 I say strong not in like the, the over the top like sort of like right, some no. kids they call strong personalities because they're just assholes. Your kids are not. <laughs> um, they're just they're very very interesting humans. I think, um, but um, one of the things that's hard to do on this podcast is try to, especially because I know some of you guys so well personally, is try to encapsulate and, and articulate the the type of people that you guys are, your characters and your personalities and um, the kids as well, especially, but particularly as it applies to like people like yourself and EC, because your work comes across first. Right. And so everybody knows most of you guys for your work. And I think one of the things that's hard for me in these podcasts is how do I get people to really truly understand how much Nicole really cares about this stuff? Because what I think is really very cool in the cross world is I don't think anybody involved in it is a bad actor, even if you're doing it poorly, but there's a handful of people who are, in my opinion, in charge of some of the endeavors and efforts that are they're truly some of like the coolest people on the planet. And so when the L4 obviously landed squarely on your feet by your, probably your own sort of nudging and, and encouragement, but like, I definitely there, said, this is what I want to do. <laughs> right. And I think honestly, we had talked about that the last time I was out there was because like you had stepped away for a while and like I was considering it and like that was, you were like, I would love to come back and, you know, sort of that type of role, but there wasn't really a, a vision of what the L4 was going to be like at that point. Cause that was like three or four, four or five years ago, I think at this point. But yeah, you know, four, yeah. my point I guess is that there's very few people who are as passionate about the development of a professional coach as both yourself, uh, the other Nicole, I guess, cause now it's just the Nicole's right. But like you guys, and, and it's hard. And I think people know that, but it's it, one of the things that I was like, how do I get that point across? But like, and then the L4 thing kind of just unfolded and I didn't realize it was happening. And I was like, 
slow clap. Now I don't even have to because like it's essentially been like now you've become like the scion of that thing. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't she's know. the perfect person to do it. And I'm pumped that you're you're the one that's kind of spearheaded it. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, that aside, I guess one question I have about the L4 is. It's not, it's a massive mountain to scale for a lot of people, right? Which is, is a fantastic mm-hmm. pursuit. And I'm glad that it's back there because it gives people that point of reference far in the future. Where do you see that falling inside like the average affiliate? What do you think about that in terms of their pursuit as an affiliate owner or people inside an affiliate? I mean, I think that I, I do. I, I truly think that every affiliate is capable of having a level four coach. I knew that's what you were going to say. I, I asked you that. Yeah, and I, I think we have to go all the way back to 2010, and then, and then, and think about what's happened in the past decade. And so, you know, when I went and did the level two, which is was kind of the old level four now, mm-hmm. right? Um, in 2009, like that, that was CrossFit structuring what good coaching look like mm-hmm. you you went to that and they they either said yes or they said no <laughs> yeah. and when the level four went away or the old level two it was at a time when there were so many people taking the level one and and crossfit was growing so fast and it, it's not that anyone you know this is my opinion by the way but it's not that anyone could have foreseen this but without that aspirational element of what good coaching was and also CrossFit defining it because so many people outside of CrossFit, you know, have tried to come in and be like, well, this is what good coaching is. Or, you know, all you have to do is be like a really nice person and have a great experience. Well, that's bullshit. Like, um, you know, and so other, there were other voices kind of saying what good coaching was. And, and we didn't, we didn't have that standard of like, this is what, this is what it looks like to be a great coach within CrossFit. And so I think that it just kind of muddied the waters and, and in the same way, like this might be a bad analogy, but if you think about it, like remember when regionals went away Mm -hmm. and so it just kind of, everyone was like, Oh, well, I guess there's nothing to aspire to, or, Mm -hmm. or maybe better analogy is like, you know, if you go to the regionals as an athlete and you get sixth place, right. Uh, you either say, man, I've got some weaknesses that I need to fix and I'm going to come back and I'm going to, I'm going to be in a top five spot and I'm going to qualify. Or you say, CrossFit is stupid. I've hated this sport forever and I'm moving on. Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that the people that, that stay right there and they work their weaknesses and they fix it and they go back the next year, like that's, that same progression evolution is what we're looking, is what we're creating with the level four in a way. Where you you might go and you might not pass, and that's that's as much of a developmental process as passing in the sense that like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, you know there were times, yeah. there's been times you know where I've gone and I've you know had someone evaluate my class or I've I've coached something and I've sat there and I'm like oh my god I I never even would have thought of that right and yeah. so a lot of that aspiration and refinement of what we're actually trying to become as coaches went away for a decade. And I said, I, so I think that while it seems like a really big hurdle right now, because I mean, if you think about it, the level four has been live for three months, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we haven't, you know, um, but I do, it's going to raise the standard everywhere. It's going to give people something to aspire to, and also something for them to look at and say, this is right. 
And this is wrong. Like there are wrong ways to coach for sure under in CrossFit. And so, um, I, I absolutely think that it is more than possible and something that every CrossFit gym should aspire to, because if you think about it, like, how do you help your athletes? They need, and when I say help care, meaning they need to get results. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's been in your, you know, gym for six, seven years and they're still diving their knees in on a push press and they still don't finish the rep at the top of the push press and they still can't do a kipping pull up because they haven't been taken through a good nutritional protocol to help them move that. Like that's coaching for sure. So if we can do that better than when you talk about, you know, solving the world's most vexing problems, well, we can make real change and a real impact on that. And it's not necessarily by saying like you got the stamp of the level four, but it's everything that you have to gain in that process to be able to pass something like that, that I think is what's really going to, to help coaches just be better for their affiliates. Yeah. I mean, to that point, I, I think it's almost like there should, there should more so be an expe- expectation that you're going to probably fail. Right. Cause that's just part of the journey is where like, that's the feedback. That's the process. Like if you go, I mean, sure you might probably go in and hopefully you do go in and you do pass it, but like that right. is part and parcel part of the journey to be like, you don't know what you don't know until you get there from somebody who does it. Um, you know, you, you, you have no real idea what your blind spots are. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, but the reason I asked that question, though, is because we don't really parade a lot of our clients' accolades very much because it's not one of our things. We, we believe in them and yeah. this, their et cetera. So, but the other day, one of our clients did pass her L4. So we posted it. And from that, I got a barrage of questions, <laughs> which were, how do you think this fits in? Is Should I do this? Is this the thing? I'm like, whoa pump the brakes. And I was like, funny enough, I actually have, you know, the person, but I I didn't tell any of them this, but I was like, did not expect any of that feedback. And then it occurred to me, I was like, wow, the community really has to your point, right? Like, because it has been so long since we had gotten to that point of identification of like, what is a coach? We've all kind of like, they they fragmented and they've gone in their own different directions of their own selection, their own volition, which is great. I think it's amazing. But one of the things that's important to us, and we talk about a ton on this podcast, is is the difference between training and coaching. And, and there's a there's a massive difference in those two mm-hmm. things, and in my opinion. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that it's in alignment with with what the 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 CrossFit model is, is but it's essentially in that like training is about your ability to teach and educate, right? You're basically a teacher. Right? Coaching is your ability to right. understand and help and create and make behavioral change in people. And so, like, and the reason why that's important is not the semantics of that, it's that it's very hard in an industry like this where anybody can be a coach, right? Like I get to choose that title, right? Not necessarily inside the, inside the the ecosystem of CrossFit, but like we share the landscape with every influencer under the sun. Who's like, I'm a coach. I'm like, no, you're not like, it makes me so mad. (laughs) Um, And so many, and I have always said, I was like, I will die on my soapbox of understanding until I, people understand that there is, there is a, there is a difference between coaching and training. There's nothing wrong with trainers, but it's that coaches, there is an ascension that is necessary to get to that point. And, and you know, you see them when you get to, when you're around somebody who makes that point of coaching, it's a very different reality, right? There's way less teaching. There's way less talking. There's way more understanding. There's way more listening. And in that part of it, I'm just so happy that, that the model now has a point of acceptance and recognition where people are like, Oh, 
And so throughout those conversations in the inbox, I was like, you guys have missed the point, right? Because a lot of them are level threes, right? They're like, isn't that good enough? I'm like, just go ahead and look at the title of it. Just Well, but really- like, and even that part, even that with the level mm-hmm. three, you know, it, it's, it's not the same. You can pass the MCAT. Right. And you can go to medical school. And then when it gets to the actual application of that knowledge in the moment, when it matters, there are people that aren't good at that. And, and so I think, you know, the level three paired with the level four, yeah, you've got the, the foundational knowledge to be able to go and do great things. But then, I mean, it's no different than, well, and then you've got the low, and then when you pass the level four, it's saying, yeah, and I can put my money where my mouth is. And it's no different than if I sat here and I was like, well, I have read about Fran and I can do pull-ups and I can do thrusters. So I probably have a three minute plan, Fran. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've got the knowledge base and I've got some like pieces, but like, I've, have you ever done Fran? Nope. You know, it's like, you got, you, you need to be able to have both. And I, I, it's funny because as CrossFitters, you know, there's a lot of talk sometimes rhetoric about, you know, we do the hard things and we, you know, we, we, uh, we, we, uh, you know, we don't cheat reps and we do all these things. And then on, on, when I, when I've talked to some people and they're like, well, you know, the level three, like that, you know, I can pass that academic test or that test and it seems good enough. I'm like, yeah, but don't you want that next piece? And is it scary? Yes. I mean, I think back to when I prepared for, for the old level two, and then I actually did what uh, the new format, I I went through that um, in 2017 as part of our development process. And my, I remember the Raiders were EC and Boz and Nicole Carroll. And yeah, that's nerve wracking, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but the, the preparation and the process, it's, it's, it's such a good, important component in any career to spend, you know, your three months preparing for your level three. Like, yeah, you're going to really deep dive and you might not maintain that level, the, every piece of that knowledge forever. That's okay. But it's, it, it's part of the process of doing that. That is what pushes you on and then, you know, prepares you to do something like a level four. And I, I think the level four is the same way, you know, yeah. spend three months really diving in and, getting ready for those two specific hours um, and it will make you better. There's definitely a universal trait that, you know, seems to be present among like all of like the higher level coaches that, you know, you that exist that, that are recognizable. And and that thing is that I think it's obvious from within like five minutes spending time with them. That they're just all students of life, right? Like they just never stop learning. And that, that includes people like yourself and even like, you know, unknown great coaches that live inside, you know, the four walls of affiliates on a day-to-day basis that, you know, haven't been around long enough to, to gain the publicity. But, yeah, you know, for years, I, I led the, the gymnastics seminar and basically implored everybody at the end of it, maybe insensitively, but to be like, the day you stop learning, please just leave. Like, I, yeah. I'm glad you were here. I'm glad you invested the time. But the day you've decided that, like, you know enough you are a danger to this entire thing. And like, and that's, you know, it was a little bit bold, but it was meant to get the point across, but it's really to that point, right? Like if you're not going to keep climbing the ladder, you're not going to keep learning. You're not going to keep investing in that, in that skill set. It's, it's hard. And I'm glad that there's another rung to the ladder because I think that like yeah. a lot of people just, they deviated from the L3 to be like, that's a test. I right? like, 
you know, but the L4 is a very different calling where it's like your peers are going to tell you definitively, objectively, yes. are you doing a good yes. job or what you think you do a great job of every single day? And a lot of people are going to hide from it. And a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, I need to do that. Mm. And that's, yes. that's, that's and I think that that's the same. That's the same thing we see play out with people that, you know, they don't sign up for the open, but they do all the workouts on the side, right? It's safe, mm. right? Just go put your, but go put your hat in the ring, you know, yeah. go, go, go try it. Um, I, it is a, I, I think that also because it's so new, it's very, there's a lot of unknown right now. And the more people that take it and the more people that pass and can share their experience and can mentor uh, coaches in their area, which I, I think that just, that has such a, an incredible potential for CrossFit is it's not just about, you know, you passing the level four, it's, that's then you can become of service to the entire CrossFit coaching world because you're at a level that you can mentor people and yeah, that makes every affiliate better. And so I, I, I think there will be this, I do think there will be this really cool trickle down effect yeah. uh, that yeah. will spread throughout um, the affiliates. I think Which, one of the things, go ahead, Lisa. Yeah. I was going to say that was, pretty much the conversation I had with um, my client yesterday who had passed her L4 going, what are your opportunities now to, you know, raise the the tide for, for everybody else? And how can you leverage now that you've got this and your skill and, you know, make the most of your, you know, audience that you have? Because she's, you know, yeah. um, not your typical aesthetic coach um, image. And I said, you've got a lot of people that love what you have to say. Like, this is your chance to encourage them, even as far as getting an L1 and then, mm -hmm. you know, progressing. And, you know, now that all the levels are complete, how many affiliate owners have had that age old argument? Oh, my L1's due to expire. Do I revalidate or do I go for my L2? Now there's this full pathway. There's this, you know, to just revalidate is not really an, it shouldn't really be an option for people to even consider now because you've got very clear steps and, you know, yeah. in my conversation with her was very much about you can help people even start that process in the level one. They're like, oh, well, if you can be here, I can at least try here and then start. I that couldn't agree more. Journey. Yeah, absolutely. And just, yeah, I do think, you know, that is one of the things that I do, you know, we're not fully up to, you know, we're not fully working on right now, but it is in our plan of, you know, when you look at, you know, there's the intrinsic value of wanting to be a better coach, right? But then let's also be real. Like there's a financial element, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're all trying to make a living and we're trying to support our families and things like that. And yeah, if you become a level four, the opportunities to mentor and to, and, and I don't mean mentor for free, you know, right. uh, but to, to create internships, to create a, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do at Roots, but just, you know, never really got around to, but I, was, you know, I always wanted, <laughs> I always wanted to do an internship, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and yeah, come out to cross the roots for three months and live in Boulder. Okay. And... I'll be out soon. <laughs> I'm looking but it's something that, right. Okay. Oh, great. We'll do this live next time. Um, yeah, but you know, and I, and I think that part of the reason I haven't is because I just feel very, it, it was always balanced with, well, you know, I don't want to, I, I want to make sure that I'm giving my team, my staff at Roots, 
my full attention um, whenever I can. But those in those opportunities are there for the taking. For sure. You know, because once you've proven yourself that you can have the academic understanding of what is CrossFit and then proving that you can apply it under the umbrella of CrossFit. Yeah. I think that anybody would be, you know, anybody that wants to grow their coaching should be looking for those people that have passed the level four. Well, I think that's the part of it that's so valuable with it, right? And I think one of the things that probably did happen, and it's not really necessarily a, a knock against the L3, is that a lot of people found themselves passing the L3 and nothing changed, right? Where they're just like, mm-hmm. they thought that like, you know, there was because they became this this rare thing. But to that point that you just made is the L3 was a really, it was just a demonstration that you understood the method, the model, et cetera. If there wasn't really a, a, a conversation of a, a definitive acceptance that like you could actually coach this thing and develop this thing and do it. But the L4 totally. is very different in that regard. And yeah, I think- and that's a normal... Yeah. And that's a normal progression in any, in a, in a profession, right? You kind of have to first be taught it and then you have to understand it at the the methodology at the academic level. Yeah, your MCAT and then, yeah. yeah. And then you've got the practical application. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I completely agree on that on that piece. I think, you know, with the level three and, and people not really getting the accolades, I, I, I think we need to do a better job as affiliate owners too. And I know it's scary at first thought, but you know, my coaches get a raise when they pass the level three, they get a bonus. Mm -hmm. They get a $3,000 bonus. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll get a, there'll be a even bigger bonus if they pass a level four. Um, so I, 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 I do think that that balance between the intrinsic value of wanting to be a better coach and just loving what you do. Awesome. Uh, I think we also have to back it up uh, and, and acknowledge that, you know, we can't just say as affiliate owners, like, I hope they want to get better, (laughs) you know, um, and, and leading the way would be good. Um, yeah, it'd be really awesome. Um, and, and uh, yeah, so I think that there's something there too, that, that we just, we have to start getting those pieces squared away so that there's this dual reason that people want to pursue higher credentials. I mean, I think the L4 makes, I think the L4 makes sense of the L3. I think it, it really defines mm-hmm. its journey a lot more. And I think it was, I was obviously always designed to be the way it was. It just, there was so much, there was so many moving parts to L4 logistically and otherwise it yeah. was just like, I promise one day it's coming, right? Like, and so, you know, I think that. I know, <laughs> believe me. Couldn't, couldn't, I mean, you, nobody knows it better than you do. And I only know it from like a handful of like sidebar conversations where I was like, I never thought of that. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole well, lot. It's funny. I, when the level four launched, I posted this photo of Eric, Dave, Castro, and Harriet, our daughter, at the ranch. And Harriet is a baby. Like, she's an infant. And that was the first time I worked on a level four development. And Harriet's nine now. Yeah, I so say she's maybe I've done one before that. But, right. So it was just sort of funny. And I was like, no, like, you know, you, on one hand, you can be like, oh, I can't believe it's taken this long. And on the other hand, it's like, you know what? There were so many iterations to really get it right. Mm-hmm. And there were so many moments of thinking about, you know, what is it? What does the evaluation need to look like to support the affiliate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be true to the affiliate and the environment that we coach. 
Um, sure. So I'm super proud of it. I think it's a, I think it's a good, I think we're in a good spot for everybody. I'm, I'm pumped about it, but I think continuing that conversation back to roots, because that's what we're actually yes. here for. I didn't even actually really want to talk that much about the L4, but I knew it was going to come up and it would be a big part of the conversation in regards to doing things really, really well. Let's talk about roots a little bit, but um, so there's, there's like four conversations I want to have, but I really want to talk about yeah. this one more important than anything. So roots is better. How long has roots been an affiliate now? We turned 15 this year. Wow. Time does really, truly fly. Minus the three years that COVID was a gap, but the rest of it. Nine. Maybe I'm off by one year. No, we're a 14 year affiliate. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I speak for everybody in the audience, but I can say that there's a handful of affiliates that when you think of, you know, an affiliate doing things really, really well, Roots is definitely one of them. That's always perpetually in the top of the conversation. And myself, as somebody who coaches affiliate owners every single day, it's a, it's a constant point of reference, mainly that I have a lot of personal experience with it, both yeah. all of you guys, the whole family, et cetera. But I've spent time there and I get it. And one thing that I want to talk to you about this was essentially, you know, what has always been fascinating to me about Roots is that not only are you guys Roots, but in that same framework, you have done a fantastic job of something that we try to, to talk to so many affiliate owners about. And that is that you maintained your identity, which is the sort of like the, the ethos of what it means to be an affiliate, right? That individuality. And like you guys encapsulate that and you've crystallized like what it means to be Roots, but at the same time, understanding your role in the mission of being an affiliate in the larger landscape of affiliates. Does that make sense to you? And that's, yeah. that's my interpretation from the outside and knowing both, you know, the responsibility and the professional roles that you guys both have, both you and Eric, as well as like just how you approach unlocking that gym every single morning. I think that part's cool. I mean, I take the key. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Please tell us what's the code. What's the code? Yeah, to get yeah what's the code, right? Um, where's the hidden key? Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, well, a couple of things. One, when people say, you know, Roots does things really well, I always have kind of chuckled because all we've really done is taken what Greg wrote and applied mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And we've held the line really hard, I would say, on applying it. But I mean, everything that we did, I would say for the first five years was definitely right from keep the bathroom super clean. Don't grow until you're bursting at the seams. Don't buy a bunch of stupid equipment. Um, you know, keep it, you know, give people one workout a day with a shit ton of coaching. And we, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. We Incredible, had nothing fancy. You. Yeah. And it worked. It really worked. And then, you know, as we got bigger, when we moved to the big gym, so we went from 2,100 square feet to 10,000. Um, it was, it was the same thing. It was just this really committed approach to doing CrossFit and doing and, and staying true to the methodology. I always joke that we're CrossFit purists, you know, like yeah, if I, I see a agree. dumbbell curl going on in my gym, I'm kind of like, Ugh. And I, I don't get me wrong. I've done a dumbbell curl, you know, in my life. Um, It was there for a while. We already know there was curls that happened in the gym. So (laughs) yeah, although that's okay. So here's a good example of actually, here's a good example of staying true to what you do is yeah. So Dave, 
and Camille trained at Roots for a long time and Dave started to get into the powerlifting stuff and he um, filmed a video one day of him doing a bunch of like bodybuilding shit with Roots' logo on the back. And I was like, no. No. Yeah. No. Like mm. I, and it's, it. that's the type of stuff that, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't offer a class on that. You know, we, you know, I, I, Dave and Camille are wonderful and they, you know, they, they did their thing and that was, and, and that was fine. But I think you just have to be hyper aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it and what message it sends. And so I think if I had to say like what we've done is we vet a lot of things and I say, we, I even know, like with my general manager, sometimes, like, I think in the beginning, she was like, wait, why don't we do that? And I'm like, uh, it's going to take me a while to really articulate in my head why we don't do that. But I can tell you, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it starts to make sense, you know, um, little things, we don't scale up. Nobody at CrossFit Roots scales up, go mm -hmm. faster. I can yeah. go faster. Um, no, but like just little things like that. We actually started making a list of this a while ago because we had a coach come in that um, like didn't know some of the things and all my staff is like, why wouldn't they know that? Or like, why would they even think differently? And I'm like, well, let's be, you know, let's, I, I, I'm guilty of the same thing. I'm like, why would you do that? Um, but so we started to, to make a, another, um, I have a visitor here. Sorry. Um, we have a year and a half old lab that is a uh, very playful. Um, I haven't met that one so, yet. I'm excited. Just no, you haven't. Yeah. He's, he's sweetheart. He's, uh, he's working hard to be as amazing as a dog as cash or our other lab was, but, um, he's, we're getting there. But, um, so I think that you, you just have to, I think that's been our greatest asset is that for whatever reason we learned about CrossFit and we believe in CrossFit at a level that just Honestly, it allowed us to see how freaking well CrossFit worked. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, CrossFit Roots has been following the main site on a two-week delay for 15 years. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been small instances where we, you know, there was one six-month period where we did something different. Um, and it was always still one workout a day, and it was CrossFit and all these different things. But, um, but we like the main site works yeah. when you talk about gpp and getting people fit and all the things that that you hear over and over like muscle ups are too hard to coach or oh i don't know how we could do this workout in our gym and stuff it, it's sort of like by us being just really stubborn i mean because it is stubborn and saying like no we are not changing the workout because it's hard to coach it's hard on the space it's going to be a little bit of chaos. It's going to take more organization. It's almost like we got to just really see how well CrossFit works. Mm -hmm. And then that also forced our coaches to be better. Uh, um, so I don't know if that's, it's not a really great answer in the sense of like, I'm not really a goal person where I'm like, these are my goals. I hate goals. Don't do no. that. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, we really just took what Greg wrote and said and did, and and we've just been stubbornly <laughs> committed to doing it like that for fifteen years. I mean, that's that's the, literally <laughs> the reason that I wanted to bring you on the podcast, right? Was that exact thing, and and there might be a handful of underlying reasons as to why you had the confidence in you know the 
and the ability to stay true to that version. But like, there's no doubt we've all weathered this storm of like, you know, call it the pre-bach or the post-pre-bach or whatever it was. But there's definitely this time when like things got complicated, right? But that's just the nature of like yeah. all evolution where like, we just yep. think that like we yep. need to make things more complicated because like to, we got to fix it, even though it was never broken. Yep. And the one thing that I can say for sure is that, you know, Roots has identifiably stuck to that that elegance, right? That simplicity. And I think mm-hmm. that that is the piece that cannot be overstated is is that in a, in a world now where there's no shortage of people who will show up in, in affiliate owners inboxes offering to give them these solutions and systems and models and all these things. And I'm like, it has been free for you to implement literally since the beginning, not just the workouts, but like, just go watch the videos, get out the pencil and piece of paper until that is so complicated. You need to go to the computer, right? Like, and it, the whole thing has always just been right there, but you know, obfuscation is the curse of the novice, right? We want to overcomplicate everything. And the yes. thing that has always been very cool is that you guys have, like you just said, like you stuck to.com when everybody was like Metcon and strength and like this, and then they had endurance, they had all these things. And it's like, you know, going back to the roots, huh, pun intended, of what CrossFit <laughs> is, right, is like, is it improving fitness, right? And so nobody was doing that when they came out with these classes. And so like what, what Roots was able to say was that like, yeah. we're minimum effective dose, maximum amount of output, maximum amount of return yeah. on investment. And we don't need to change in these things. And you had all these other gyms trying to give people what they wanted, right? And I was like, yeah, those all make a lot of sense. But are they objectively improving fitness? Or are they just well, and I think that's the time? heart. And that one, I've had a lot of conversation with affiliate owners over the years where I think that's been, and I don't know, I mean, I don't, I don't know why we've been fortunate in that standpoint or what we, I, I would have to think about it, but you know, we hold a line and if, and we're okay losing a member or two, you know, we had somebody that, you know, basically, um, you know, that we, 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 you know, you'll get the emails about like, why don't you do strength and Metcon or. And, and I'll be, I'll be an ass I'll, for a second. You know, it's always like the day after that there's a workout with pistols and they couldn't do pistol and they got relegated to a box or, you know, and I, and I, I'm okay with that because that's, that actually, when you think about the people that come to roots, there is this common level of being okay with not being good at something. And I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, if you don't have a level of programming and then backing from coaches to, to say, okay, how, you know, half the class can't do this. Okay, great. Well, let's figure out how you can do it one day. And so then you're coached through, you know, every scaling option that's going to move the needle forward and you continue to come. It, it does, it does create this thing where everybody is always exposed in some way. No one's ever just like, well, I can always do the, the strength and the NEF Metcon and you know, I'm always going to be up at the top. And I say any asshole Metcon, that's the old Pat Sherwood phrase um, <laughs> that we used to joke about. But, um, but uh, I, there's, I think that's the thing is that I, maybe I didn't know that all the pieces just would fit together so well. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like there's one thing. It's, it's, it's like transference in CrossFit, right? Like, why do you get better at, you know, the push jerk by being able to do more pull-ups or, you know, why does your handstand walking uh, or your push jerk improve because you can walk on your hands further. Like it's transference, right? You're, you're getting all these capacities by, by training all these different things. And I think that a lot of the, the same stuff is true for, for roots. That it, if you, it's not just like we did these two things, 
Mm. And that made a difference. It's that it just somehow synergistically fueled everything. Yeah, it's that central um, concurrence, yeah. right? I mean, it's that it's the beauty of you know CrossFit. Like, I think one of the more standout things I'll never forget from like my first L one was just the understanding of like, what's the point of of mixing your grip and a deadlift? Why don't you just go both overhand? I'm like, huh. What a no-brainer, yeah. right? That's like I feel like 30 years ago at this point, but like that small little nuance right. was so quintessential to what was the L1 experience to me way, way, way back yeah. then, right? And so I think if if I'm so bold as to tell you what makes you unique, um, I think the one thing that really truly makes Roots unique is that you you guys understand what is CrossFit, right? Like, and that's that's a very important yeah. part of uh, it's a very subtle sort of way of saying it. And it's a very complex notion, but the thing that I can say, obviously is the person who's responsible for the L4 and otherwise, like there's very few people on the planet besides, you know, probably Greg and a handful of people, maybe otherwise that could say what is CrossFit as well as you can. And so I think in that moment, the one thing that really separates a lot of the unfortunate situations and affiliates is that everybody can define CrossFit constantly, very functional movement, but very few people can tell you the application and the implementation of CrossFit. They don't really understand the what is CrossFit of the what is CrossFit part of it. And I think, you know, there's there's obviously very few people, again, who could do that as well as you can. And that has just infiltrated every single step of the confidence in the, in the position that is roots. And I think, well, so it's interesting you said, because I think something that I've always felt strongly about, but just separate of that element, was just that I wanted my coaches to be feel empowered to have those conversations as well. Mm. And I wanted our members to know what is CrossFit. And yeah. I think that, you know, it's sort of like if you, you know, if somebody plays baseball with you, but you never give them the rule book, <laughs> it's going to be really hard for them to be like, well, why am I out? Or why wouldn't I just mm. keep running around the bases? Right. And it's kind of the same thing with your members. Like, if you never teach them what is CrossFit and what is GPP and why we want you to go faster rather than go longer and why we want you to increase work capacity across broad time and modal domains and do the things you suck at and all that, then yeah, when they come and they do a workout and it's their second workout ever and you scale them to three rounds and they finish like third in the class and they're like, oh, should I go do another round? You're, that's like such a beautiful moment for the mm -hmm. coach to say, Hey, no, actually, this is what we look at. And, you know, if you were able to push a little bit harder, this is where we would go. We don't, we're not looking for volume. All those mm -hmm. things are just these perfect opportunities to help build the culture of why you're doing what you're doing. However, if your coaches can't have that conversation, then you're, they can't have it with the members. And if the members don't have that. And so I think that there, that is something that I, I, it, uh, it's something that we do and something that I think helps our members have these aha moments along the way uh, mm -hmm. and really be able to help help athletes not be like, well, maybe I'll go to Orange Theory because I, I don't know if I burned mm -hmm. that many calories on my Apple Watch today. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's we've, we've long said that you know, the, the most overlooked part of fitness in 100 words is the most important part of fitness in 100 words. And it's the last sentence. Right. It's that regularly learn and play new sports. Everybody thinks it means like go play kickball. Right. And like it might mean go play kickball. But the point is, yeah, is like you have to understand what's the point of all of this. And if you don't, you're going to mm -hmm. miss the whys for the what's. And I think we talk about that a lot yeah. here. It's a recurring theme is the absence of whys. What's become wise. And that's the thing that like centrally becomes the conflict and cross where the 
people don't understand the why of CrossFit, like what its application is bigger picture so that it becomes the what's, it becomes the Metcon, it becomes more Metcons, it becomes intervals, it becomes all these yeah. things. And, and, and I guess there's probably worse things to do. Right. But none of that is central to the, what is, and, or really why is CrossFit. Right. And I think that that's the thing yeah. that Roots has always crushed it in that regard. Um, and I can say that having sat and watched enough of the classes and experienced it and otherwise, um, there's two things that this, I, I'll, I've told people so many times about the time that I've spent at Roots. And the first one is that um, not only you, but all of your coaches did a, a, a remarkable job of actually coaching the classes like the classes were full of coaches. And that to me was never lost on me. And I was like, you know, I think that's where you and I had always gotten along is because I always had the same sort of understandings that like, what's the point of training a person versus different than I would train a professional coach? Cause like, the better I become as a coach, the better I'm going to be as an athlete. So doesn't it just make more sense to just teach them the entire thing? And it's not, and that was sort of central to what was the open source model of CrossFit where it's like, you know, as somebody yeah. who came into the, the training world, trying to find anybody to teach me more, it wasn't until I found CrossFit, I was just like, wow, look at all this information that somebody's willing to share for free. This is crazy. And so you guys did a really, really good job. And I, just sitting and watching the classes being like the way that they were ran, how they were ran, way they were communicated and put together was you know, that part of it was, I thought was very, very impactful. But the second part of it, which was a super actionable thing. And it basically framed a big part of a lecture for me in the gymnastics course was that like, you just let all the coaches write the lesson plan. And the way that you did that was so simple and so elegant and so stupid, honestly, that I was like, why doesn't everybody, why wasn't I doing that? Right. And like, in, so inside there, there was a very powerful. I remember having that conversation actually. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I think my jaw hit the floor. Cause I was like, Oh my God, what an epiphany. Right. Like, and it was the essential sort of like making something more complicated, literally for the sake of making it more complicated. Right. Like all these affiliate owners writing all this programming, right. Spending all this time writing these lesson plans all this time teaching these lesson plans and delivering them to these coaches and being like, you did a bad job with lesson plan. Like it solved the whole problem. And just so you guys didn't know, yeah. and I'll just talk over Nicole here, like they followed .com every day and every one of the coaches alternated writing the lesson plans. And then everybody else got to review the lesson plan. Right. And I was like, and to this day at every seminar I've ever taught, I said the mark of an expert coach versus a novice coach, in my opinion, exists in their ability to write an effective and engaging lesson plan. And I, I, you know, I gave some of that head nod to Denise as well, but like there is truly, that's where the whole conversation we just had is encapsulated. Like your ability to understand and articulate the what is CrossFit is a hundred percent present and your ability to put together a class. And it was so obvious. And I was like, right. And that's how they got it. And I think that that's, but I, I also think when you talk, it's a good example of like, we didn't know that this was going to have such an impact at the point. It, at the time it was like, well, we're all going to share the load. Um, I have my biases, you know, I have my things that I like to put in a lesson plan. So if I write every lesson plan, then it's going to be, yeah. you know, one that's too much work as an affiliate owner. Uh, and so it was a way for us to all kind of put our, you know, secret sauce on, on the workout of the day under the context of, of, you know, the warm up and the general warm up and the specific warm up and all that. There's also something that's like, if you write a shitty lesson plan, or if you write a good one, like you're accountable, not just to yourself, you're not just teaching your own class, but you're accountable to the whole group. And I, I think sometimes, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of my team and I just think they're all 
um, I don't know. Sometimes I just don't understand how we've gotten so lucky on, on just having great coaches and these great people because there's just this fun about it, you know, uh, just with the lesson plans and, and that they're written and how they're written. And, um, you know, if, if somebody punts the timeline, you know, somebody will walk in and be like, Oh, it's you're at 42 and you haven't started yet. Like, cause they yeah. know the lesson plan. And like, it's just this, it, it, it just ties us together in another way. That's, it's just so damn fun. Um, and it is, you're also just, you want to write a good lesson plan for the team. You know, you want to do a good job for, for everybody. So I, I love, I love that part. And it also allows them to, you know, when they go to a gymnastics course, they go to the weightlifting course, they get to put some of that flavor. Bring it back. Yeah. Day. Yeah. And that's, that's just always, and, and, you know, they see different, you know, they've got a different algorithm on their Instagram. So they see different progressions and they see different ways to scale things. And so it, it really does, um, uh, help everybody. Uh, but yes, I also agree that, you know, and I, I've watched it, you know, as coaches come on in the first time their lesson plans are really basic and we were reviewing them every time. And, um, and then, you know, I would say it's probably a year and a half process to be honest. Mm -hmm. To be it's, able um, to take any workout, know the time domain, know where the upper limit should be, and to be able to confidently say at the whiteboard, this workout should put everybody in a 28 to 35 minute time domain. And then for you to go and for 24 people, this is a Saturday class I'm thinking about, or yeah, for 24 people, know how to scale based on what you see and how the workouts warm up yeah. going and how it looks every single person that so you are confident that all 24 people are going to finish under 35 minutes that that's good coaching like For that's sure. like kind of jaw dropping when you think about it it's not just like a suggestion like everyone should finish under 35 it's no everyone is going to because that's the intended stimulus and, and it's such a, it's yeah. such an important part of it though that is just so overlooked on accident I think where it's like you know mm -hmm. no affiliate owner is doing it because they felt like they were doing something malicious right like you know it's no. it's one of those things where it's like it's been available to you you just didn't really think that like just as simple as it could be and in yeah. in that process of writing that and you're right it is so fun when like the coaches because it, it's it's really kind of it's like a backdoor like locker room they're like what were you thinking with that totally. progression dude right like and they're like i don't know it seemed like a good idea and like because you have like a whole week to to research and come up with it they come up with these harebrained things and you're like where did you find that? And what back door of YouTube were you searching where you found that <laughs> progression? That, do that And like, that took up 72 minutes of a 15 minute class. Like, how is that even going to work? They were like, I don't, I don't know. Right. Like, and, and it's like, just, isn't so that a beautiful way to learn though? Like, that's what I'm saying. Right. It's, where, yeah. Where you, you know, there's this like funny part and they're like, Oh, well, I'm not going to do that again. And it's like, you know, you know, uh, I would, I would, I used to, oh, my warmups would always just go long. And, and, uh, so I would always be like cutting around out of my warmups. And then, you know, I'd have to tell everybody, like, hey, cut around out. And then we had a newer coach and he was doing the same thing. And I was sitting there, I was like, I've been there, dude. <laughs> I know exactly what this is like. But you know, um, it's not just someone telling you, you right. have to experience it for yourself. And, and I think that, I don't know, I just, it's so fun. It's upstream and downstream accountability. Yeah, fun thing with the it's fun. I guess because now it's like an inside joke. Will you give everybody the cliff notes of what this is? Because I think we haven't actually explained to them how this works. Because you oh, and I yeah. are talking back and forth, like right. So okay, so basically every coach. So we have we have two five thirty classes every day. Um, so 
there's always two coaches that show up, but one coach every of every day of the week is assigned to write the lesson plan. So like, um, Lindsay has Mondays and then, um, Jenny or yeah, Jenny has Tuesdays and then, uh, Eric has Wednesdays. So they have the same day every week, but so then Eric knows that he's always writing the lesson plan for Wednesday's class. So then the lesson plan goes in and then every coach for that whole day, whatever hour they're coaching is going to use that lesson plan. Um, and so, yeah. That's, and give that's a lot of it. and talk a lot of shit when it goes really badly because inevitably yeah. that's part of the fun is like you're gonna write a bad lesson right. plan and everybody's gonna be like Eric what the hell and you're like oh I thought it would work it's I also it's and it's also cool too though like the lesson I mean people don't totally appreciate it maybe the way that I do just because I'm proud of them but uh, I mean. Every single class at Roots starts on time and ends one minute or on the hour, every single hour, every single day. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the execution of that um, across stimuluses and how long the workout's going to take people and having a different set of athletes every class, like that to me is just, it's so freaking cool. For and sure. I don't think that that always gets um, noticed, but if it wasn't that way, I think it would get noticed. But yeah. to really think about managing all those different things going on and to do it that consistently um, is just, I just think they, they don't see that, that, that it's that big of a deal, but it's a really big deal. I also worry that people listening to this are going to be like, really? That's the nugget you give me is like, write a lesson plan. <laughs> but like, here's the thing about that. One, end on time. Yeah. One of my big fears, of course, was that when cap rolled out, it was going to standardize lesson planning for everybody because here's what ends up happening, right? Like on accident, every single affiliate owner turns their coaches into proctors. They're not thinking critically. They're not thinking creatively. Mm. They're not problem solving. They're not trying to, to think differently about what they've learned over the weekend from the seminar. And so like they just show up and they're like, okay, Right. And then you watch yep. them systematically and robotically deliver this version that th this poor affiliate owner who was rattled out of his mind, tried to like write, write out seven lesson plans on a Sunday. Right. Like there's no way it's going to work. And like the thing that affiliate owners have to remember is that the lesson plan is your product. It's a hundred percent your product. If you're doing CrossFit, well, yeah. that is the product. So the better you can do that, the better it's going to be. And so like, there's lots of creative ways that I think that people have come up with now in terms of implementing CAP. So that fear is gone. But when that yeah. first came out, I was like, this is going to be a bad thing. Cause I was like, this is the single best thing that I, I can tell you. It was the single greatest thing that I had ever actually put in practice was just stealing the lesson plan because it, it was just so obvious, right? Like, I had head coaches and people who wrote lesson plans, but I had junior coaches. And so all of you guys that are listening to this, you have to understand one thing you need to do coaches reviews and you obviously have to improve your coaches because they're the ones who are providing the product and the stimulus. One of the easiest ways right. to do that is to do it regularly, right? Like you can't just do a coach's clinic once a month. Like how effective would you be coaching an air squat if you did it once every two months? It would never work. So the only way you could do this is to do it every single day and improve it. And naturally you can't come in with your clipboard every single day because for one, you just being there with your clipboard alters the whole stimulus, right? Like, cause all of a sudden yeah. they're like, Tony's here, right? Like, and it changes the entire environment. But with yeah. this lesson that's plan. Actually, that actually, that's funny you just said that because I 
do do the clipboard once, you know, at, at times, right? Sometimes well, it has to be, yeah. Before, shooting the shit. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> Some member will walk by and I'll just say it and they'll be like, oh, is Lindsay in trouble? Or, oh, and I'm like, well, here. Hmm. What, I'm like, no, this is what getting better at looks like. Like, yeah. this is what, uh-huh. you know, I just, I think it's, it's a, you guys pay a for? small thing. But I know, but I'm always like, well, how, how do you want, how do you want us to improve? Um, yeah. But no, I, yeah, totally. The clipboard does change. And it's also a way too that when you take the class, you have something that you can reference off of. Yeah. Because a lot of times after class, I'll go and I'll be like, okay, this was great. Try this next time or this first, Uh you know, whatever it is. And it always gives you a context of like, were they hitting, was this done as it was written out or, you know, um, so it's just another way to kind of have a, a set of eyes on it. Yeah, it's a big piece of, of the coach's journey that I think is generally missing in, in pretty much everybody's ascension. And like that, it's it's not so much your ability to understand and and recite the points of performance of the nine foundational movements, right? It's it's can you think critically and creatively with the knowledge that you have amassed through the level of one, two, three, it's et cetera. And that piece is generally missing on accident in so many affiliates because the affiliate owner out of quality control attempts has tried to standardize so many things that they're like, I got to handle everything. And then now you've turned these coaches into essentially robots and so much of the model can be, you know, move forward so much quicker. And like by letting them right. write it's- the lesson plan and be accountable to it, it's so easy to just get feedback on a regular basis mm-hmm. and give feedback, which is also just as important as like my ability to be like, Hey, Nicole, um, what's up with that? Like, that was a weird progression. Where'd you find that? Like, didn't work. No, not at all. It was terrible. I mean, you know, and it's, right? it's a very fun process that is like, dude, and I saw them like, just stop writing lesson plans, let them write it, let them review each other and tell them how to work. And like, it always goes well, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's probably some train wrecks, but you know, that tells you it's what you you're, you're contributing to the development of your coaches. And, right. You know, it's not, it's not an easy process, you know, you, um, and it's, and it's, uh, it, it requires work on the affiliate owner's uh, part to, but mm. man, you know, when I think about like my two newer coaches, just, just looking at their lesson plans now, like they're just, they're nailing it, you know, they, and, and you have to be okay with sitting down and saying, no, I think this might not work or saying, Hey, you know what? I don't think this is going to work, <laughs> which is always a good one, you know, good yeah. too of like, but try it. And then let's talk about it. Cause I think there also has to be this thing too, of you can't guard against like guard perfection mm-hmm. by letting them write the lesson plan. There has to be this like understanding where, yeah, it's, it's real life. It's a real life scenario. Like things might not go exactly as planned. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but, but it all trickles down too, where it's like, if you, you know, if you've got skill work, okay, but there's only a limited number of GHDs, then you know that, okay, at 5.30 a.m., one half is going to have to do general warm-up into skill work, and then the other class is going to flip-flop it with the, you know, like, that is a perfect, that is like a orchestrated plan. You yeah. can't really get to that level, though, without first going through the lesson plans and being able to hit your timeline and be able to know the length of your timeline, because all of a sudden, then you switch, and you're like, well, they're still in the GHDs. That doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. again, it, it, it's one of the, it's a good example of, like, how it enables us to do more things in class or to 
you know, coach more to be better because we've gone through that process. And it's actually interesting when we moved to the smaller gym, we kind of had the luxury for, you know, eight years where, I mean, you know, you never had to move a GHD to do something or you never had to move the rope. You got to ride that time in now. Equipment moving. Or just like, yeah, we had to think more critically about like how things were set up, where and why. And, um, it, it was a, it was, it was initially, it was kind of like, ah, uh, and then now it's, we don't even think about it, you know, but you just kind of had to get back to it. Few things can make you process your gray areas and what you're bad at than logging into .com and seeing the workout and being run 5k or something, not even like yeah. heavy deadlift one, 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 one. And you're like, right. And like this, there's something that that's my point, I guess, in this whole thing is that as a coach, until you've had to do that, Right. You don't understand mm-hmm. what you don't yeah. know as it applies to how to put together a class and run a class and really what it is, what it makes, what it means to make yourself a coach. But then the other side too, as the affiliate mm-hmm. owner, if your coaches aren't putting their best work forward and you don't get to be like, wow, every time things like this come up, Nicole seems to be missing this mark. Like you don't know what area to work on. You're just going to assume and you're probably yeah. going to be like, okay, today we're working on the air squat. And I think that's part of it, but it's such a self-reinforcing system. And I know you guys got it on accident, right? You were just kind of like, we just kind of did it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. But like what it really does too, is that like, I know that on Wednesdays I got to write the lesson plan and like, God forbid gymnastics, like ring muscle up shows up there. I don't know what to do. Like, so the first thing I'm going to do is sign up for the next closest gymnastics seminar so that I don't get caught yes. like when, mm-hmm. you know, red hand and being like, I don't know how to write lesson plans for gymnastics type things. And so it's just such a, it's such an elegant, well, I simple think that that's a, Yeah. It's for, like, I mean, you know, all my coaches do that, you know, they, they do, they, they research their lesson mm-hmm. plans. They, you know, they're, yeah, they have like a week to do it. Way, right? Like, right. And there's not mm-hmm. one way to scale a movement. And if you're scaling the movement the same way, every time, like that's, that's routine in itself, you know? Right. Being like, um, I don't so, know how to write this warm up. So you go research a warm up that's effective and applicable to that, and like yeah. having the time to do that. But if somebody's like, "Hey, yeah. here's the workout today," you're gonna you'll never think about warm up design or skill mm-hmm. design or any yeah. of that stuff, and it's just missing from the whole model. I think also there's something too about, um, you know, if you give if, if, if they they have the structure of what's the workout, but in terms of they, they kind of get to go off on their own rabbit holes and their own tangents yeah. and, and find a corner of education their own niche, yeah. that they really enjoy. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Yeah, when we tell all the coaches all the time, like, you know, and our million dollar coach program is like, you've got to find your niche. You have to position yourself and you have to be able to learn to think critically and creatively. Like you got to keep learning, but once you learn, here's where we're going to teach you guys how to put that stuff together and actually do something with it. And it's all those things, right? It's yeah. like finding your niche, understanding your positioning, understanding, you know, your messaging, understanding what makes you uniquely you. And like that part of it all comes on top of like, do I know what is CrossFit and what its implication and application? Yeah. Is? And like that's part. And, so- and, and, and that's the thing is it should simplify things because if you can teach CrossFit and you can stand by the methodology and your coaches can stand by the methodology and teach the methodology, then you know what you're, what you're doing. You're for sure. trying to get better at doing that. Whereas Absolutely. if it's this thing of like, should we do this or should we offer a sweat class or should we offer yoga? And I'm not saying that those things are bad, but for us, it was always just, it wasn't part of why we were doing what we were doing. Absolutely. And so it became this like, 
a lot easier to just say, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's probably the thing that in my opinion, from an outsider who comes in, who doesn't get the chance to work out of roots every single day, I can say that you guys have stuck to the simplicity because simple works, right? Like simple scale, simple is the solution and it's simple as timeless. It's evergreen, right? The more complicated you have to make something to fix it, the harder it's going to be to keep up with it. And you guys have done a great job of it. And no doubt about it, that's because of like, obviously you as a person and as well as Eric as a person who I'm going to get on this podcast. But, um, you know, I think that there's I just a lot. I think it took the last po- podcast like seven months to get him on. So you should start. I know. That's all right. That's I'm going to try to, I'm just going to hold him hostage while I'm out there. Be like, he's burger with your name on it. Um, no, but listen, I know the girls are, 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 they probably want you off here and the dogs do as well, but I want, I think we could probably spend a whole day talking about literally just like, you know, roots is why and your ability to stick to that why and how you guys have really just done it. And I think, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, but I think we should get you back on the podcast and we can talk about those things. But if nothing else, like there's just something that is, that is effortless in your simplistic approach to fitness that is just so well well designed and well implemented i think that that part is very cool i'm glad that you're responsible for the l4 you're the perfect person for it for that reason but like yeah it's just awesome to have a resource and a pillar in the community like roots and i think more people could just do a better job of just being like stop trying to complicate it literally just mm-hmm. look at roots and be like oh it's always just been the model just make it easier yeah we <laughs> didn't make just, it up we just did no it. yeah literally <laughs> just think just take the thing that's already been the thing that since has been the thing out of research drive forever ago and be like, how can I do that here and make it mine? And like, that's the thing that I think Roots has done a great job of because you are very uniquely identifiably Roots, but you're also very, you're a CrossFit purist. And I think that part's cool. That we are. All right. Awesome. I'll let you go back to your day. Lisa, you can close the podcast. You know, I didn't let Lisa talk for the last 30 minutes. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> that's fine. Um, I enjoy being a, uh, a participant and spectator to hear you guys back and forth and um, get fired up about them lesson plans. That's what happened. I know. It's it's get them, get them, get them going guys. All right. Thank you for your time. Nicole been amazing. We will definitely have you back on. We have so much more to dig into okay. and we will see you guys on the next one. Thanks Lisa. Thanks Lisa. Thanks, honey. You're welcome. <laughs> then I-